Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome to another edition of Growing in Grace. It's the cap of the breeze. We're getting uh, together to chat about the grace of God and his love and his righteousness. We can't get enough of this, can we, Cap? You know, Cap, <laughs> a few weeks ago on our program, you said something that uh, it's just stuck with me. You know, you said something about the program that we do and the subject matter and all that. You And you said that what we talk about is kind of a narrow scope that is broad in its own sense. And man, that, that just sticks out to me because, you know, on, on, on the one hand, someone might listen to our program and say, man, they're talking about grace again. <laughs> they're talking about uh, God's love. They're talking about righteousness, God's righteousness. They're talking about this gift. <laughs> And so, in a sense, it's a narrow scope in that, you know, we're talking about this foundational stuff about God's love and grace and all this stuff, but yet it is so broad in the sense that it just can't be exhausted. I mean, we've been doing this for six years, and I think, you know, I've never gotten tired of it, and I think we keep on naturally just finding new stuff to talk about or to look at things that we've already talked about from different angles. I just think that you can't limit the, quote, subject of God's love and grace. So here we are again on Growing in Grace doing that. Uh, I like that, what you said, a narrow scope that's kind of broad in its own sense. (laughs) Well, I think, even though sometimes it it may seem to some like we're talking about the same thing again, there is so much to learn about some of the, the basics of what the gospel really is because mm-hmm. frankly my friends religion and and I'm not I'm not anti-church okay it's just that a, a lot of religious circles out there have taught people the ministry of death through mm-hmm. the works of the law rather than what the gospel really is like a pastor friend of ours once said the bible can be one of the most dangerous books you will ever read if you don't understand the gospel and I went a pretty decent portion of my life not fully understanding what the gospel really was even after I became a Christian at a young age. And I wish I could go back and do some things a little bit differently than I did or say some things differently than I did back in those days. But, but yeah, Joel, it's, it's like, I, don't you have the feeling that even on some of the very things that we're talking about, this foundational stuff about our new identity in Christ, what we're discussing and what we've learned in, in, in six years uh, of doing this broadcast is probably just a grain of sand on the beach. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's you know the tip of the iceberg. It's you know we're just barely scratching the surface. You know, however you want to put it. <laughs> you know, it's deep stuff. This is where I think it goes back to what you said. It's a narrow scope, but yet it is so so very broad. Even on the head of the pin, you know, it's, there's just. There's just so much right there, uh, and I think that we could go on and on about this stuff. You know, uh, that pastor you were talking about, I remember sitting in that church. I, I personally, me and my wife, were there for three years, and every single week I learned something new. And and he spent an hour t- talking about God's grace, you know, an hour every week. I mean, that's how long he preached. And I went away refreshed every single week, learning something new. 
you know, it's it's called growing in grace. It's it's like uh, you're never arrived, but yet there's always some growing to do. And you know, growing in our understanding of what it's all about and in our application of it and 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 all of that. And so, you know, we're we're here to to encourage people in that. And as we've said many times, we grow ourselves. We learn so much week after week as we do this too. So, I just think that it's a topic that really has no ending. And so that's you know what we keep on doing. Yeah. Now, as you know, Joel, I'm a, I'm a big Andy Griffith show fan. I don't watch it like I used to, but uh, a lot of them are embedded in my brain. And there, there's one that comes <laughs> to mind where Barney and Andy come out of church, and 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 Barney kept not <laughs> he kept nodding off during the sermon. I think they had a guest speaker. Can't remember for sure. It might have been the pastor, but. They're outside shaking hands, they're leaving the church, and Andy says something about what a nice sermon it was, and Barney, who, who was barely paying attention, you know, kind of stuck his foot in his mouth. He, he didn't even know what the sermon was about. And by the way, the sermon was not about sin, but because of the way Barney was probably taught, like a lot of people in church uh, over the years, he shook the pastor's hand and said, yep, that's a subject you just can't get too much of sin. <laughs> and so I think that there's this mentality out there that our job as Christians is to overcome sin and to become more like Jesus. We're going to touch on some of these things here, perhaps over the next couple of programs. Sin, one thing that we kind of left the program with last week, does the Holy Spirit convict people of sin? We'll, we'll get into that. But Joel, there, there's a bigger problem than sin, uh, even you know, way back before anybody else was around. After Adam fell, there was a problem that everybody that was born on the face of the earth ran into, and that problem was that they were born into sin. They were born in Adam. And so even if you had lived a perfect life, of which nobody ever has, but even if you had never sinned, you still would have had the problem of being dead in Adam. Let's, let's start out with that, and then we'll move on to some of this other stuff. Yeah, I think that's an important thing for us to understand. Just the, just the fact that, like you said, nobody has lived perfectly. Everybody has missed the mark. But it, it's not our actions. It's not the fact that you and I committed sinful actions that was the problem. That wasn't the problem. The, the problem was, like you said, that we were born in Adam, and Adam had uh, committed the original sin, if we if we want to put it that way. That sin of Adam was then passed on all down through all, all all the generations of humankind, and it's been it's just been passed on, and so that is the problem that man faced. So, like you said, whether or not a person had ever sinned, which, like you said, everybody has, but even whether or not anyone had ever sinned, it was the sin of Adam. It was that that had been passed on to everybody. That was what the problem was, the and and the fact that because of that, everybody died. You, know, you can read that in Romans, the book of Romans, talking about how you know sin came through Adam and therefore everybody died. And so the problem was death, that we were dead to God uh, in Adam. And so Jesus came and he took care of that problem. Was the problem that Jesus took care of a matter of changing our behavior from bad to good? No, that's not why Jesus came. If so, then there's a lot of us who believe in Jesus who still still are not saved <laughs> because, you know, it's not like we're going around trying to do a bunch of bad stuff, but still, in and of ourselves, we still have this, you know, this issue with sin in our in our lives, you know, you know, bad behavior from time to time or however often it is for different people. But again, the problem 
isn't behavior. The problem was death and life, and Jesus came to give us life, and that's that's kind of where we need to put the foundation on, at least for what we're talking about this week. Yeah, and, and the one verse I'll pull up out of Romans, you mentioned Romans, or Romans five eighteen, kind of picking up in the middle of this. Well, let me just pick up on 19. For as, as, uh, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners through Adam, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous through Jesus Christ. So that's just a, a summary of what we were talking about there. But there, there's good news about this, this sin factor, Joel, that um, we don't hear a lot about. And that is, is sin bad? Absolutely, yes, it's bad. Uh, even for the believer, it's, it's a, it can be a bad thing because sometimes you will reap the results of your actions in this life. But in regards to your relationship with God, your position in Christ, your identity in Him, sin no longer gets in the way. And I know that's a big chunk for a lot of people to swallow, so chew it carefully and don't throw it away. If you have to, put it on the shelf and go back to it later, because we'll talk more about this. And sometimes we're so programmed by, by law that it's hard for us to understand the truth sometimes. So is sin bad? Yeah, it's so bad that God Himself dealt with it through his son, the God-man, Jesus Christ. He took it away. Remember the introduction? Sometimes we forget the introduction when we're reading a book or watching a movie. John the Baptist, oh look, the Lamb of God, speaking of Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. I don't know about you, Joel, but most places I go, including in my own life, I haven't seen sin taken away. Uh, I haven't seen it stopped manifesting. But it was taken away in regards to it being a problem between us and God anymore. It was, it was dealt with, it was taken care of, and the work in, in regards to that is finished. Yep, indeed it is. And, you know, Second Corinthians 5, 18, or 18 and 19, well, I guess it's verse 19 here, talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's trespasses against them. God has forgiven the trespasses of the world, and, and not only that, but as you say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So our sin indeed has been dealt with, it's been taken away. But yeah, Cap, all throughout my uh, life of the church, I hear people saying this one thing. We've got to get ready to actually wrap up here within a couple minutes or so, but, and we're finally getting to what we kind of wanted to talk about here, but I, I, we'll, just, we'll just have to move on I, next week. I hope week. nobody has a roast in the oven. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but, you know, I hear people say, the, the Holy Spirit convicted me of this sin or, or that sin. They're in a group setting or somehow, or they're confessing their sins to somebody, uh, which isn't always a bad thing. But, you know, they say, the Holy Spirit convicted me of this sin, and I feel so convicted, and I'm going to change because the Spirit convicted me. Well, Cap, uh, is that the Spirit's job, to come and convict us of our sin? Well, Joel, you just read a powerful verse. You know, we're probably going to have to cover that one again next week. Uh, God has already reconciled the entire world to himself. That's not something you hear every week in, on, on Sunday service either. He's already done that. So John 16, verse 8, And when he has come, the Spirit of God, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, why? Because they do not believe in me. And of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Another word for convict here 
it's a different word than in some other parts of the Bible. It actually means to convince. So the Holy Spirit has come to convince people of sin because they do not believe. In other words, there's a bigger problem like we started out with here on this program, and that problem isn't sin. It was that you were born into it. So what does the Holy Spirit come to convict or convince people of? Not their sin, but their unbelief. Therein lies the problem, because the whole world has already been reconciled to himself and sin has been dealt with by God, but the Spirit of God will come and convict or convince an unbeliever about their unbelief. Yeah, because notice, you know, this is after, you know, Jesus is saying this is after he's gone. And so uh, on the cross, that's where sin was taken care of. And so afterwards, the Spirit's going to come. And here's what the Spirit's going to convict us of. And this is kind of as we wrap up here, and we'll talk more about this after this week. The Spirit is there to convict of righteousness because sin has already been dealt with. The world's sin has already been dealt with, and God has already reconciled people to himself, not counting their sins against them. And of course, again, that's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so what the Spirit does now is because we've been made, you know, Jesus was made sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And since we are the righteousness of God, that's what we need to be convicted of, convinced of more than ever. The fact that our sin doesn't stand between us and God because we've been made the righteousness of God. Well, more on this next week and perhaps in the weeks to come right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.